It takes more than declaring browser tab bankruptcy only to discover that the only copy of your AWS secret key was in one of the tabs to be a great engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering, episode 332. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice podcast for software developers about all the non-technical topics that go into software development, like browser tab organization. Yeah, like using your browser tabs as a password manager <laughs> slash secrets manager slash slash to-do list production <laughs> system. Yes, <laughs> slash uh, continuous integration system. <laughs> yeah, do not close this tab or we will have an outage. <laughs> <laughs> it's really important this WebSocket stays yes, open. Yes, we have one socket <laughs> keeping this service alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i was feeling smug and satisfied about my tab state a couple days ago and now it's it's back to normal it's rough i felt good because i started using tab groups and pinned tabs yeah yeah and that's that's just enabled the mess too <laughs> there's more real estate for tabs. Now it's fractal <laughs> yeah cool more tabs excellent can, yeah exactly. oh there, there are tabs inside tabs now <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Cool. A place to put all the 40 Vim tabs I have open. You know Excellent. it's bad when all of your tabs look like pinned tabs because you have so many. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can just tell it's a tab. You can't tell it what the icon is even. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. Woe is me. Too many tabs. Oh, there's there's Chrome profiles now? Oh, there's a whole new place for tabs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many layers of tabs can we add here? Profiles, groups, pins. I think we need a few more layers. And then if you use like spaces or desktops or whatever, the if, if your OS has <laughs> yeah. some version of that, you have a separate like browser window. Oh, I just think of the software engineers in the 60s who were programming the first computer. And if we could show them the complexity of all the pixels now, they would just be like, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, so their yeah, their UI was the printer that they waited for it. To, yeah, uh, yeah. The only tabs we had were the tabs on the Manila folders that I put in the filing cabinet to hold my punch cards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm nostalgic for days I've never experienced. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds cool. Um, that's not what this show's about, though. Right now, it's about thanking our patrons, which I will do. Thank you to Valentina Datafold, Santa Hopar, Noah Fraser, Logue, Kent C. Dodds, Memester Josh, Jenny Kim, Owen Shardle, Craig Motlin, I Love Mavis, The Stochastic Parrot, Alice Just. That was Cheating Jameson, question mark, Lanfair Pool. I always think Lanfair. Yeah, I, I know this part, and then I get lost. <laughs> it was something, something, go, go, go. Kashakton, Ohio, patron.com.au. We're hiring Ira Chan, Monkey Face Emoji, Jonathan King, testing is documenting.org, Oladapo, Fadier, Will Angel, Rocket Ship Emoji, but Rocket Ship is hyphenated. Ragnar, <laughs> Nick Hathaway, Travis Sanders, Braden Keynes, John Grant, Cody Sale, Nick Cantar, and Philip John Basile. Thank you so much to all of you. We really appreciate it. Uh, and also the podcast um, is a thing you can listen to thanks to the support of these people. They pay for our hosting and, and editing and other costs to go into producing this. And we thank them with our words and also by inviting them to our Slack team where you can join as well if you contribute any dollar amount at the softskills.audio patron. Go to softskills.audio, click support us on Patreon. And if you contribute a above whatever the number is in there that I can't remember, then we will shout you out every week. It's big. And 
It's really always good. constantly in our hearts, yeah. but once a week verbally. <laughs> the last thing on my mind before my head hits the pillow and I snooze off for the evening is all the names <laughs> of the patrons. <laughs> yep. Beautiful people. I go to sleep with a big smile every night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you want to read our first question, Dave? Yes. This comes from an anonymous listener who says, my company... Oh, by the way, this is a little bit timely. We... A little, little preface on this one. For years, we've been saying, quit your job and you'll get a new one, obviously. And now you don't quit the job. The job quits you, sadly, for, for many, many engineers. Okay. So this one was timely. It's about layoffs. So here we go. My company recently had a big layoff. About 40% of engineers are gone. My job is safe for now. About six months ago, I was promoted to a staff-ish position that I've been really enjoying and looks great on my resume if I hold it for a good length of time. Besides just enjoying my job, I've just moved house and I have a baby on the way, so I'm highly motivated to have some stability and get paid parental leave. My gut says, give it the nine months to see how it all plays out. But my brain thinks my gut is an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) interviewing while taking care of a newborn for the first time feels like an incredibly difficult thing to do and the job market may not be getting better do you have any advice for how to navigate this situation shut up and digest gut that's what the brain said (laughs) stay in your lane do your job (laughs) yeah yeah what a what a world from a year ago i know where a year ago the answer would be like i don't know it doesn't matter yeah, you'll be fine. Fine. <laughs> yeah. So there are policies at some companies about tenure requirements before you get parental leave. Mm. This might be governed by by your country's specific law, but in the US, the law around parental leave is like, they're not allowed to kill you if you have a child, but everything else is, is fair game, basically. <laughs> <laughs> This is called at-will life. We can kill you for any reason or no reason. (laughs) Sign here, please. The state of Delaware requires you to sign this. (laughs) Just so happens the pencil has... The the pencil? What kind of stuff am I signing? (laughs) Well, space law. We we sign everything with pencils in space. (laughs) (laughs) You've heard that story about the the Americans spending millions to invent a space pen that writes upside down and the Russians using yeah. a pencil, right? Have you heard the the story behind the story of like the graphite can float around and get on some electrical contacts and cause fires? And no, I did it? not hear that. So there was actually a good reason yeah. for the zero-G pen. So I've heard, yeah. The reason is to not start a fire in space, which makes a bit more sense. You know, the longer the longer these stories go, the more they evolve. And they're like, oh, well, have you heard about how the graphite actually solves a bunch of problems? <laughs> you know, it just goes yeah. on and on. Yeah. Those fires, the Breathing fires in that it Breathing the goes. graphite <laughs> yeah, yeah. gives you a healthy glow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you fireproof. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know where you were going with that, but it felt like it was going to be good before I completely destroyed it. <laughs> We'll never know. I'm assuming it was going to be great, though. Like like everything I say, right? Looks good in my measurement. So if if I were company big layoff staff, I think it depends a lot on how big the company is. Which I'm assuming it's not very big because if it's a large company, not named Twitter, and forty percent of the engineers gone. Yeah, we would have heard about it. Yeah, it's a pretty big <laughs> deal. Yeah, 
my job is safe for now. Six months ago, before I went to staff. So if the company is is large and you feel like it's it's I I don't know. I'm I'm totally I have no idea where this person works, but I don't know. Assuming that it's like Cisco or some it's some giant company. Okay. Yes, they've laid off a lot of people, but it's it feels unlikely that this will be the end. Um, it's it's a reaction to changing conditions and times, but people will still need routers and stuff. Okay. I used to get Cisco, the food company, confused with Cisco, the networking. Oh, company. you mean Cisco, America's leading marketer of quality assured food service products? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that one, the one that <laughs> semi, drives semis yeah. full of food into uh, elementary like, school restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The reason I know that is because. I, my junior year of high school in calculus class, our, our classroom was just above the loading dock for the trucks that brought the Cisco food into the cafeteria. <laughs> and every day I saw that slogan, Cisco, America's leading marketer of quality assured food service products. And I thought, that's the worst lo- slogan I've ever heard. <laughs> and yet here I am. It was really, con- yeah, and thanks thanks to that. <laughs> Anyway, it was really convenient when they phased out the Pledge of Allegiance for the Cisco slogan, <laughs> and you had a head start. <laughs> all, I remember those days. We all stood on first period, hand over the heart, and said the pledge to Cisco. <laughs> to the trucks. Yeah. <laughs> it was a dark time in yeah, American so history. If it's either the food one or the networking one, I assume people still need food and networking so you're, you're probably not, it's not going to disappear. By the way, it, it was actually, it was Cisco, the food company and Cisco, the router company that joined forces to bring us DoorDash. <laughs> <laughs> to route your food? Yes. <laughs> Is that what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> they were like, we have oh, this unique, so good. the Venn diagram, <laughs> the overlap here is a food delivery service on demand that uses an app. And the internet. It's yeah. it was the perfect union of two otherwise unconnected companies. We are so good at <laughs> congestion control. <laughs> yeah. And we're so good at delivering food. By our powers combined. <laughs> they missed an opportunity to be by calling it DoorDash instead of Sisis Coco. <laughs> Just like embed one of the names inside the other one. <laughs> Okay. Oh. Well, anyway, back to the question, yeah. which I actually can't remember now. Baby, new house, layoffs, general general state of things. So the, the brain wants you to do what and the gut wants you to do what? I need to choose which side I'm on, but I can't remember their positions. The brain wants you to interview. Okay. And the gut wants you to stay. Just, just chill. So why yeah. why does your brain want you to interview? And I'll I'll just ask the only organ in your body that's capable of answering, which is also your brain. <laughs> Yo, wait, this is unfair because if you ask the gut a question, it has to go through the brain. Yeah, and who knows what kind of spin they'll put on well, it. Well, the the gut can produce directions. output, but it's very hard to understand. Okay, that's. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true <laughs> I've tried reading it before it doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> I mean it looks like crap <laughs> oh, anyway this has gone this has gone on too long so your brain says you should go get a new job or else you're next you should preemptively lay yourself off by finding a new job before the layoff strikes yep. and your gut says chill 
you got a baby on the way, you can't handle the stress right now, and you want that sweet, sweet parental leave. Yeah. I mean, they didn't mention parental leave, but I'm assuming that, that they get some... No, they did. Yeah, it says paid parental leave. Oh, they did? Leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paid... Oh, yeah. Okay. Never mind. I just... It's there. Your gut didn't want it to be there, but your brain saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's my eyes. I think I think this question boils down to, do you have confidence that this company is going to be a good employer for a time period that's greater than, than your situation here. And the time period, it's funny that it says, my gut says, give it nine months. And I thought, what a coincidence. That's how long it takes for a human baby to gestate. And then I realized <laughs> that's not a coincidence at all. <laughs> so yeah, like, you know, worst case scenario if you stay is that they lay you off, you don't get your parental leave, and now you're in a really high stress interview situation while you've got a newborn, you know? But worst case, if if you quit now is that you also have a high stress interview situation while you have a newborn, but it's a little bit lower pressure because you actually have a job. You're saying if they can't find a job the whole time until the baby's born. Well, I'm saying there's, there's two scenarios here. One is that you get laid off and you're forced to interview. Mm-hmm. Another scenario is you choose to interview right now, even though you haven't been laid off. And mm-hmm. both of those are stressful situations, but because you have a newborn baby, but interviewing without a job is like 10 times more stressful than interviewing when you already have a job, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, the third option is do nothing. No interviews, nothing. Just pretend like the industry is perfect and you're never going to lose your job. And that is, an yeah. o- that is a valid option. But I think those are the three. Yeah. What would I do? I think I would stay put, honestly. I would stay put and plaster my... Well, maybe you work from home. So change my Slack picture to a, a photo of the ultrasound if you have one. Because you don't have a picture of the the child out of the womb yet. But like, y- you want to make sure that anytime there's a big list of names on this spreadsheet, someone can look at your name and go, oh yeah, person A, baby soon. And, and at least if they lay you off, they have to remember that they're doing it to someone who's about to have a baby. So you need to use your your gestating infant as armor, I think, to protect you. <laughs> I see. So pull on the heartstrings. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like, you know how in those buddy cop movies, it's always somebody's last day before retirement? And it's their most epic adventurous day. Y- yeah, or, or they die. Oh, oh. Like, oh, I was I was just about to retire and the tragic, I don't know. You want like the opposite of that. Like, this does not make any sense. It's my fault. I'm the one who started saying this. Now I'm realizing, <laughs> wait a minute, there's nothing here. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think my original point it was that I would stay put if I were in this situation because I my 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 instinct would be to batten down the hatches. Yeah. And the upcoming parental leave, I think, would... would motivate me as well where a new place i joined might not give parental leave yep and also there's not necessarily i mean if you go interview right now you could still get laid off yep right when you have a brand new baby that's exactly what i was thinking and i was thinking you know what sucks getting laid off from a company you've been at for a bunch of years but you know what sucks even worse getting laid off from a company you've only been at for three months because the severance is going to be crappier the resume looks worse and yeah. you just barely got done doing all that interview and you got to do it again. Super demoralizing. You 
can be a more likely target of layoffs if you are newer at the company. Yep. It's not always, but sometimes they will target based on like reverse tenure. Yeah. Of just it'll it'll hurt less to lose this person because they haven't developed as enough as much expertise in in our systems. Yep. And a lot of times severance packages are the size of the severance payout is based on your tenure. And so you actually get a burn rate reduction sooner by firing less tenured people in your layoff. Hmm. So another another bullseye on your back. Yeah. So so if you're going to get laid off, get laid off from this company. Right. I think that's... Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing is that you have more access to information about your current employer than any other employer. Like you could go start turning over some rocks and see what you find, you know, get the rumor mill humming in your in your be in your uh, behalf to try to find out if there's more layoffs coming and you know based on what you learned there you could actually it could influence your plan this is a, a dangerous maneuver but there are times where there will be like offers for i don't know what they call them buyouts or something like that yeah voluntary attrition or mm-hmm. well, that's a different thing but like the company says, hey, we want to pay fewer people. Anybody want to not work here anymore in, in some form or another? And and usually that comes with some offer of severance and some kind of carrot to make people interested in it. Yeah. And and, and by the way, I, I don't like that as a, as a leader. I don't like that approach because who are the people that are going to accept that offer? They're the people who feel the most confident that they're going to be able to go find another job, which are typically your best people, you know? Yeah, I don't. I don't like incentivizing your best people to leave. But sometimes it happens, anyways. <laughs> and yeah, that's and true. You don't want to say, "Hey, are there layoffs coming?" Because if there are, I would like to be a part of them, please. Right. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but it it is potentially an option to like very delicately feel this out and decide, "Oh, layoffs coming, anyways." I may or may not be a part of it, but like, put put me in, coach. <laughs> like, yeah. I'd rather have the certainty and the severance and the ability to plan for the future for sure than the uncertainty. Right. I don't think I'm recommending that. I'm just pointing that as an option that you could take. Yeah, I, I would stick it out. Also, one other thing I want to point out is this says, give it nine months to see how it plays out. Like, you just got to get through these nine months and then your problems are solved. Oh, yeah. Um, but actually, in nine <laughs> months, then you'll have a, a newborn. <laughs> no, no, no. The hardest part of raising a kid is just the pregnancy, obviously. Yeah. The rest of it, smooth sailing. Yeah. If if you're trying to like stick it out for stability until things smooth out, I mean, you have bad news. It's, it's yes, yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> never smooth, but I feel like especially those first yeah couple years, it's not like six months in you feel like oh now now I've now we've got it down and yeah. It's it's sort of when they start being able to talk a little bit more and be a little more self-sufficient that that I have found it less personally overwhelming. But you're much more than nine months away from that, is my point. Yeah, so exactly. Like this, this nine-month exactly. timeline feels a little arbitrary. I mean, life life is going to be crazy no matter what and no matter when you choose to make big changes in your professional life. So I'm I'm tempted to say take that off the table, but at the same time, I would agree with you, Jameson. I would probably stick this one out, stay at the company as long as I can until I feel like I'm in a more stable place. I, I And I really do think this is just a huge, a lot of this is attributable to the, the tech environment where if it's, if it's harder to get a job, then the current job you have is more valuable. That's right. The, the relative value. So, and I, I do think we're in that situation. And bit. do good work, you know? 
try to be really, really valuable. It yeah. might not work out for you, but it certainly doesn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck. Congratulations on the house and the baby. Yeah. It'd be cool if the house came with the baby. Well, <laughs> like you bought a house and you get a baby. It's like in a in a some pod, like a sci-fi thing. Like, don't worry, we got one brewing for you. <laughs> we know a house is a lot to take care of, so we've given you a human baby. <laughs> Maybe maybe a year ago, again, like when the real estate market was at its frothy peak, then they would be throwing in babies as... As, as what? I don't know. Incentives to <laughs> okay. close. Well, I'm like, where are you going to go with this? <laughs> I, know, I just, I'm like, you can't just throw in a baby for any reason <laughs> that I can think of. All right. You've convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay has the question been answered yes great just just throw a baby in next time and we'll we'll get a better answer yeah do you want to read our next question jameson yes this is from an anonymous listener who says big fan of the pod how should i approach being slightly younger than my peers at the workplace i graduated in december with my bachelor's in cs but just turned 18 a couple months ago i'm actively interviewing at Big tech companies and plan to start working as soon as... Oh, I graduate. Okay, upcoming. I am actively interviewing at big tech companies and plan to start working as soon as I graduate. Should I avoid the topic or would it be merely inconsequential for my peers to be aware of my age? I'm looking to move up the ranks quickly and can imagine many developers wouldn't love knowing their manager is in their early 20s. For what it's worth as well, I haven't been open about being slightly younger in my university setting as early on i noticed professors didn't respect my contributions as much when they were aware of my age what is your take Mm. well you're you're not yet 18 no you're 18 years old and you're going to graduate in a month with your computer science bachelor's degree that's a little ahead of schedule how old am i my 36 35 I'm either 35 or 36, hopefully. Hopefully it's not more off than that. And I still haven't graduated with my bachelor's in CS. Oh, yeah. We've talked about this. Yeah, I'm I'm being lapped. So, yeah, you're double this person's age. <laughs> yeah. Should I avoid the topic? They're going to know how old you are. <laughs> I, don't think you, I don't think it matters if you avoid it or not. If you start working at a big company, they will know how old you are. Not necessarily like, oh, this person is 19, not 21 or whatever, but they'll know that you're a whippersnapper. Yeah, they will. I don't imagine, like, I don't think it's a thing that you would be able to hide. <laughs> Just talk a lot about 9-11, like, like you were alive <laughs> back then. I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're going to... Oh, you're right. This person was born a couple of years after that. It And it is possible. So I, I'm looking to move up. They wouldn't love knowing their managers in their early 20s. Yeah, if 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 trying to figure out how to say this without sounding like a grumpy old man, I feel like at this part of your career, it is important to concentrate on getting good at the work, especially the work of being an individual contributor. I am. I did not graduate with a degree in CS at eighteen, uh, so clearly this person has uh, enormous talents and and skills. But it does seem like they're like, and I'll work for a couple of years, and I'll be a manager. And then I'll run the place. Yeah, and and. That feels like a weird vibe no matter how old you are. Well, I mean, so maybe, first of all, I, I think we should just pause a moment and say congratulations on being on such an accelerated track. Like, this is impressive. You've you've really achieved some 
some really cool stuff here. I mean, this must mean that you graduated from high school earlier, maybe a couple years earlier than your peers or than the typical, than like the median graduate age. And you appear to have burned through a university bachelor's degree in about half the time as well on top of that. So very impressive. You're clearly very bright and very academically gifted. And what I what I hear though in this question is perhaps a slight misunderstanding or or maybe not misunderstanding of what it means to quote climb the ranks. You know, cuz in in software engineering it is actually not uh, what's the right way to put this Jameson? But moving up, so to speak, and I'm I'm using air quotes when I say the word up, in software engineering does not necessarily mean going into people management. There are some very influential, amazing engineers who have never managed anyone else in their career. And so I just wanted to point that out as an option on the menu for you, because if you're listening to this question, you might want to know that that's not the only track. And you you may still get resistance, and, and it certainly is easier to be on the individual contributor career ladder as a young person moving up than it is to be on the management ladder as a young person for this exact reason, you know, like people reporting to you are are older than you and you don't feel comfortable with that and they don't feel comfortable with that. But there's probably a lot of other stuff you don't know as well, you know, that just takes time to absorb, you know? And that's why I think sometimes being eager to jump on the, the people management ladder at a young age may not be the best approach. Yeah. Yeah. That was a little bit of a windy answer, wasn't it? You said something about I don't know I don't know if this is the right way to say this or not. I would just like to say it was the right way to say it. I <laughs> I give you my stamp. Okay, great. Of approval. <laughs> I, I mean, one of the questions they explicitly asked is should I avoid the topic or oh, right. right. inconsequential? And and I think it would be weird if you tried to keep it hidden. Like I I I, I don't know if you, if you like uh, scribbled bags under your eyes or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean like artificially inflating your age? Yeah, added artificial wrinkles. <laughs> right, right. Oh man, I my back is so sore. Yeah, <laughs> I must have slept wrong. <laughs> Just never reminisce ever. Yeah, um, but I think if there are concerns about your age, I feel like they will be in relation to like. Therefore, they don't they don't know enough to do thing X or or tell I don't know support this conclusion on thing Y like. If you could just be right and convince people, yeah, it should matter less, though not none, how young you are. You do have to overcome, if you have a lot of experience, sometimes that just adds weight to things you say because you can say, I've seen this before and rattle off a bunch yeah. of different yeah. incidents or, or instances of, of similar situations. You might not have those from personal experience. You you might be able to like invent them with your brain, like come up with them or or... I, I don't know like make make up for the the lack of experience with the the ability to just think very quickly about uh, and clearly about about like why this is right think quickly and clearly is not our forte here on no, the podcast that's, yeah that's that's what i'm feeling right now <laughs> me too i think it's a sign of age there's a there's a point here and soon i will get to it i think you, you you should try and strike a balance between you don't want to come off as arrogant. Yeah. 
whether you 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 could very well not be arrogant at all and still come off as arrogant by being very very smart and very very accomplished at, at a young age uh so so you might have to kind of like do a little bit more work to bring people to your side to convince them of of your viewpoint on things or or spend more time asking questions to understand the current context or something like that like if you can avoid giving people a reason to think like oh this question asker they don't know anything they're only x years old you know because they'll, they, if they can instead remember the times that you dug deeply into this problem and worked to understand the reasons why things are the way they are. And, and like, if you can present a reason, it, it's sort of like just being convincing and persuasive. Mm-hmm. I feel like that will probably be more important while you are younger than, than folks with at similar stages yes. in their careers. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I've actually encountered this form of resistance for being a young but ambitious and not really ambitious, but hyperactive young engineer, you know, not, and when I say young, I mean, not a lot of years of experience. And maybe I should tell a little story about this, but it took me a few years in my early twenties to realize the source of some of the friction I I felt from some of my more tenured peers at a company I was working at where I was very excited about software development and I would do a lot of it. I would spend a lot of time doing it. I'd wake up early and do it. And then I would I was just, it's a thing I talked about in my spare time. It's what I really wanted to do in my, when I had just, you know, less than four years of experience in the industry. And uh, I remember I got some kind of rude comments from some of my software developer peers who had been at this company for years longer than I had. And it really shook me a little. And I remember thinking like, oh, I need to, I need to chill out. I need to not be so excitable and so enthusiastic about all of this because I was like, yeah, I'll lead that project or I'll do this. And it's all just because I was having so much fun, you know? Yeah. I actually consulted my manager about it. My manager basically said, who cares what they think? You're doing great. And I, and I realized, yeah. ah, okay. And it, it kind of took me a while to, to piece it all together. But I did realize, yeah, that, that resistance does exist and it will exist for this person undoubtedly in some form. And you'll just have to find a way to either ignore it or somehow counteract it until you get to be more the shape of what people expect you to be, you know, which is unfortunate, but you know, that's kind of how bias works. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like, I I feel like there's some parallels here with the, the resistance you might feel as someone like new to a company coming in with big ideas to change stuff Mm -hmm. where there might be some eye rolling about not knowing the constraints of the system or not understanding how this is going to make things really hard. And you haven't you haven't felt the pain enough to know how naive this sounds, and that happens I think at many different ages and career milestones. Just when you're new to a specific company or even a, a new place in the same company, mm-hmm. and it's it's a tricky balance because you can be too conservative too. Like there are yeah there are superpowers you get by being new to be able to just not have the same built-in assumptions that that some folks who've been there a while have that might be wrong. There's a, a really good book I'm reading with a book club at work called Kill It With Fire. There's a section about refactoring where where they bring in a new engineer and the manager tells the engineer, just just go wild and, and fix stuff. There's a system that people have been very scared to touch because it was very gnarled. Mm-hmm. And with with great boldness, this engineer went in and just like shuffled stuff around in a way that was pretty fast and ended up being effective and it it really surprised the engineers who had been there for a long time because they felt like this system was so fragile and delicate that that it it couldn't be it couldn't be saved like it was just too expensive and too slow to touch and it it seems like 
they were maybe a bit too conservative in, in that assumption. So I, f- I feel like what I'm saying is you should you should know when to push. Yeah. Don't push on everything. Don't push on nothing too. Perfect. You've been enlightened. Yes. It's like a Zen moment. The the wise centrist logic of Jameson. I feel like <laughs> the centrist any logic. any problem, any situation, my brain says, Oh, this is really about a spectrum and there's these this stuff on one end and this stuff on the other. And the answer is like, just kind of go in the middle. Dead center. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just draw a line and then move to the middle of that line. (laughs) Do whatever's written there. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Well, to answer the very specific question here, I I would say do not go around advertising your age, but also if that's one end of the spectrum, yeah. See where I'm going here? <laughs> yeah, and, okay. And yeah. on the other end of the spectrum, there is do not lie about your age. And right in the yeah. middle is where you want to be. Actually, you just want to do both of those things. You don't want to cover up your age, but you also don't want to go advertising it. And so if someone asks... Oh, I thought you meant both as in like both lie about it and yeah. advertise it at the same time. <laughs> you just got to muddy the waters. Advertise a lied ver- a lie version of your age. That's like, the, that's like, in this case, lying about your age would be the reverse of that meme where the, the old man is dressed up as a teenager with a skateboard walking through high school and saying, how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> you know that one? Yes. <laughs> it's the reverse meme. I'm old. That's like the toddlers in a trench coat trying to buy a, yes. an R-rated movie ticket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hello, mature 18-year-old. Fellow, yes. I'm one. Uh, one uh, we are. I, I am one of you. Yes. <laughs> we are. I mean, I am. <laughs> Hello, fellow adult. We are also fellow adult. Yes. Anyway, I think you're going you're gonna to have a great time. It's going to be a great career. You're very bright. Don't, I would say, get this idea of, quote, climbing the ranks out of your head. What you should have in your head instead is, how can I do valuable and helpful things for others? And the ranks will climb themselves if you are a valuable, helpful, supportive teammate that everyone thinks is great. And of course, if, you're, if you want to be ambitious and climb the ranks, fine. But I just think if you go in with that target, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. I think it's okay to be ambitious and and certainly see cases where merit is not just uniformly recognized by by praise and yeah. higher dollar amounts. But I think it'll rub some folks certainly the wrong way if, oh, yeah. if they get this vibe that you're here to step over them. Yeah, I'm, I'm here to use your skull as a stair step on my career. Yeah. That's the attitude you want to avoid. So thanks. Thanks for your skull. Thanks for the skull. I'm now eight inches higher. (laughs) (laughs) Well, have we answered the question? I think so. Good luck. And I'd love to have you check in in a few years to see how things are going. This is is the kind of career I like to keep an eye on. I actually hired someone this age once who was not yet 18 years old. And this person's parents had to come in and sign some of the papers to work for us, which I, that was a first for me in my career. So I have no problem hiring bright people who have, very little experience or even aren't even are still minors actually i guess in my case did great work for us we just got to get rid of those pesky child labor laws i know <laughs> so you can come crawl inside the data center and sweep the dust bunnies out that's right and not get not get ground to bits by the fans <laughs> we need someone with really small hands to reach the cords through these holes <laughs> all right What can people do if they want their own question answered? Go to softskills.audio and click the ask a question button. There you can fill out our form. And as always, we thank you to everyone who fills out that form each week and keeps Jameson just loving life for one more week. You're keeping him going. (laughs) 
<laughs> that sounds dire when those questions stop coming in. <laughs> Thank you so much. We do appreciate reading them. We learn from them. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next week. Mm-hmm.